Did you know that real estate is the method where many people in America have become multimillionaires? Do you want to learn about real estate? Stand by. Welcome to the Real Estate Exam Podcast. This is a podcast where we will provide you sample lessons for the real estate exam for the states which we offer full real estate exam audio lessons. Our audio lessons are designed so that you can study for the real estate exam in your state while driving, exercising, or otherwise using time which would be unavailable for reading or looking at a computer monitor. For more information on the full series of lessons, which we have available in various states, go to reexampodcast.com. Good luck in your studies. A career in real estate sales can be extremely rewarding, but the first step is to get your real estate exam license. This is Franz. Welcome back to your final sample lesson for the series called California Real Estate Salesperson Exam Prep Audio Lessons, which consists of 25 lessons, a total of 8 hours and 58 minutes of audio instruction and review. If you find this final lesson valuable, perhaps you would like to purchase the full series of audio lessons available at reexampodcast.com. Let's get on to this lesson. Welcome to this lesson entitled Sale Escrows and Settlements. Let's go ahead and dive right in. So first we need to talk about what an escrow is. An escrow is just a, it's a short-lived arrangement. It's kind of like a mini trust. It's the process by which you transfer real property and other transactions such as leases, securities, loans, and it's how they are transferred. So here in the California Civil Code, there's a definition of an escrow. A grant may be deposited by the grantor with a third person to be delivered on the performance of a condition and on delivery by the depository, it will take effect. While in possession of the third person and subject to condition, it is called an escrow. So that it's, this is usually money that's put aside in a separate account pending the fulfillment of a condition. And then once the condition is met, it's then released for its purpose. And then in section 17003 of the financial code, we get a further description of what an escrow is. Escrow means any transaction wherein one person for the purpose of effecting the sale, transfer, encumbering, or leasing of real or personal property to another person, delivers any written instrument, money, evidence of title to the real or personal property, or other thing of value to a third person, to be held by such a third person until the happening of a specified event or the performance of a prescribed condition, when it is then to be delivered by such third person, to a grantee, grantor, promisee, promisor, obligee, obligor, bailey, bailor, or any agent or employee of any of the latter. 
So when there's an escrow account, that means there is a third party. The third party is the person that holds this thing of value, whatever it is. Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's something else of value. But they hold this in escrow until a certain condition is met. Escrows are often used to transfer funds from the buyer to the seller. And now in California, the instructions about exactly how escrows go down will vary depending on the region of the state that you're working in. In Northern California, most of the time you're going to use what's called a unilateral escrow instruction. The buyer and the seller each have their own documents prepared, and then they're given to the escrow agent, this third party, right before the property is closed on. In Southern California, most of the time you're going to see what are called bilateral escrow instructions. So the first one is unilateral, Northern California, bilateral in Southern California. This is a single set of instructions that both the buyer and the seller sign, and then they give that to the escrow agent at the time the escrow is opened. So there's just a little bit difference about timing and whether or not the parties prepare the documents separately or they prepare them together. There are a few things that have to be in an escrow for it to be a valid one. The first is a binding contract or agreement between both parties, we're talking about the buyer and the seller, that lays out the conditions that have to be met before the transfer can take place. So that's the very most important thing. You have to have the conditions and both the buyer and the seller have to sign off on those conditions. The second thing is that you have to have the third party. You have to be, have the delivery to the third party. The third party is sometimes also called the escrow holder and you have to specify what the thing of value is. In this case, when you're talking about property, the deed and then any other documents that go along with the transfer. Let's talk a little bit more about the escrow holder. So this is the escrow agent or escrow holder. There's this, they are a neutral third party. So they don't act in the best interest of just one side or just the other side. They're supposed to act in the best interest of both sides at once, acting as a fiduciary. And a fiduciary is just a person who is acting in the best financial interests of their clients. So they can, they carry out their duties, they are given something of value, and they're given a condition. And then they're only to release that thing of value when the condition is met. If there is a dispute between the two parties, it is not within the rights of an escrow agent to, to settle those disputes. They're supposed to be a completely neutral party. In that case, if there is a dispute, they have to then go to the courts in order to resolve that dispute. That's not something that they can take on themselves. So escrow agents, that's a thing unto itself. They have to be, they have to get their own license in order to be an escrow holder or agent. However, there are certain conditions where people from banks or insurance companies or underwriters, attorneys, even real estate brokers, can bypass these escrow requirements and act as escrow agents just themselves.
So in fact, an individual just by themselves can't be licensed as an escrow agent. Instead, they have to have a corporation behind them backing the business, and it's the business itself that holds the license. And then it, once they have that business with the license, then that individual is then a licensed escrow agent. But so they have to have business behind them in order to back them up. And they have to meet the following standards in order to be part of the escrow agent license. They have to be financially solvent and they have to have furnish what's called a surety bond. This is just sort of a backup, a fund that is showing that they are financially solvent and it has to be at least $25,000. The second requirement is that all officers, trustees, employees who have access to the money have to have a bond, have to furnish what's called a bond of indemnification against loss. So they have to have this bond in place just in case there are losses. And then all money that is put in an escrow account has to be placed in a separate trust account and then is exempt from execution or attachment. So they have to have a special account where they put this escrow money and then it's not touched under for any other purpose. And it's not used for any other purpose. One of these exceptions is that a licensed real estate broker is exempt from having an escrow license when they're doing kind of their normal business of selling real estate. But this exemption only comes into play when it's a real estate transaction and they're doing something that for which they have to have a real estate license. So they do have to be licensed, just not they don't have to specifically have this escrow license or have the escrow company behind them. They have to, though, be acting as a real estate broker at the time in order to do escrow things. There are several responsibilities that the escrow holder has. One of the biggest is just to make sure that both parties comply with the terms and conditions of the agreement that they made so that they don't release the deed or whatever it is uh, before those conditions have been met and that both parties are completely in line with what they agreed to do. The escrow holder is also responsible for holding the money, holding any written instruments and documents, and any personal property or anything else of value that has been used as a security. They have to have complete control over whatever items have been placed in their trust until the contract conditions have been met. Another thing that an escrow agent has to do is keep very accurate accounts of what they are doing. They have to have records of every transaction they make because they are then subject to getting audited. And so what they have to do actually is every year they have to use a certified public accountant or a CPA, as they're often called, and present and have the CPA audit all of their records and then submit that audit to the state agencies. And real estate brokers that are also acting as escrow agents have to do this as well, but their records are examined by the real estate commissioner. So as part of the escrow contract, there's we're called escrow instructions. Now these are just the conditions under which the thing of value is then delivered. And we talked a little bit before, but let's go ahead and review. There are bilateral instructions, 
and these are instructions that are signed by both the buyer and the seller and they're binding on both of them. That's a bilateral instructions. Bi meaning two, both the buyer and the seller, both parties, two parties. Then we have unilateral instructions. Uni meaning one, so just one party. There are a separate set of instructions for the buyer and one for the seller. So each, per, each party has their own set of instructions that's unilateral. And once these, uh, these escrow instructions have been fulfilled, then the escrow agent delivers the money to the seller and the deed to the buyer. So both parties get something. The, the buyer gets the deed, they own now own the property, and the seller gets the money from the sale. There are certain things that an escrow agent is not allowed to do. These are called prohibited actions, and doing any of these can result in disciplinary action or being a, losing the ability to be an escrow agent. The first is that an escrow agent cannot pay fees to real estate brokers or to others for referral of business. They can't disperse a real estate broker's commission from the escrow proceeds prior to the closing of the escrow. So that's not allowed. They have to wait until it closes. Otherwise, that is not seen as a good business practice. They can't solicit or accept escrow instructions or any amendments after the signing and initialing has happened. They're not allowed to add different people either the buyer or the seller to add or delete or change any of the instructions after they've been signed and initialed by all parties. That would be a breach of trust. They also are not allowed to disclose what's in the escrow instructions to people who are non-principal so that they don't have a stake in the contract. So they, the buyer and the seller, of course, both need to know what's in the escrow contract, but the escrow agent is not allowed to disclose these instructions to outside parties. And real estate brokers are not allowed to nominate an escrow agent as a condition to a transaction, but they can suggest one. And no real estate developer can say, okay, it's a condition that you have to use an escrow entity that in which that real estate developer has a financial interest. So they, you can't say that you've got to use kind of our in-house people. That's, a, that's going to make us some money. And if a developer does do this, then they are subject to a fine and being can be sued. Now let's talk about what happens when an escrow is finished or terminated. There are different ways that an escrow can end. A completed escrow is one that becomes enforceable. That means that the conditions were met. It, it said that it's either completed or perfected, that everything happened like it was supposed to. It's just finished because everything happened like it was supposed to. Then we can have what's called the termination of escrow. And this happens when the escrow just ends because of mutual consent. Both sides say that we're going to withdraw from the escrow, and that's another way that an escrow can end. When you're completing an escrow transaction, time is of the essence. So there's a timeline and a time limit that is set when you're talking about the escrow contract. Once this time limit has been met, so you pass the time limit, and the escrow still hasn't gone into completion, then the principal, so the buyer and the seller, 
can mutually agree to cancel it, and then everything just gets returned to the previous owners. The escrow holder or agent doesn't have the ability to cancel it. It has to be something that is mutually agreed upon by the two parties. But though this is, once again, just when the time limit is reached and it hasn't been completed, then they can go ahead and cancel if they wish. And there's a difference slightly between canceling an escrow and rescinding an escrow. Cancellation means that the principals just stop the transaction right where it is with all the expenses that have already been paid up to this time just happen. Or rescinding the escrow means that the principals get back to completely where they were before the escrow happened. So that is all for our lesson today about escrow accounts. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the final free sample audio lesson on real estate sale, escrow, and settlement. If you found these lessons valuable, perhaps you would consider buying the full series of lessons available at www.reexampodcast.com. If you have any thoughts or suggestions, feel free to write using the contact form at the website. Best of luck in your studies. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this lesson valuable. Again, we are offering audio lessons for the real estate exam for various states. Check out our website, reexampodcast.com, to see if we have audio lessons available for your state. If you have any thoughts or suggestions, please contact me by using the contact form at the website, reexampodcast.com. Keep studying.